HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by the University of California Press, publishers of the Encyclopedia of Pasta by Oretta Zanini DeVita. Learn more at ucpress.edu. This week on a special bonus episode of Meat in 3, we find out why the bacon, egg, and cheese, that classic bodega sandwich, is popping up on menus of New York's trendiest restaurants. We did a few iterations of it, and I was trying to fancify it. We tried the sausage, egg, and cheese, and then we tried to put charmoula sauce on it. We used feta cheese, and we're just like taking ingredients of the Mediterranean, if you will, and try to infuse it. But uh, for me, it was like a car wreck. Tune in to hear about the wild journey of the bacon, egg, and cheese, from deli to fine dining, on Meat and 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, and welcome to A Taste of the Past. I am your host, Linda Palaccio, on this journey through culinary history. And today we have a very special slice of American culture. And yes, indeed, it has history. And it's really quite the thing right now in this time of year, as we're recording this, it's fall, and we're going to be talking about tailgate parties, or tailgating, as we refer to them. It's a party. It's a social event. And it's held all around the, um, the grounds of, of perhaps a football game or soccer game or uh, NASCAR or the likes, and behind the open tailgate of a vehicle. Well, it didn't always start out that way, but primarily that's what it is now. And then it's sort of migrated its way to tables and lawn chairs. And it's really quite a big thing in, throughout America from picnic baskets and horse-drawn chuck wagons to portable grills and SUVs, tailgating has grown immensely over the years. My guest today to talk about tailgating is Chef Lynn Weems Ryan, founder and owner of Chefs to Dine For, which promotes chefs and restaurants, and she's a consultant to several known, well-known restaurant groups. Past jobs have also included positions as executive and personal chef, as well as launching her own catering business and owning a Zagat-rated restaurant, The Busy Bee. She's a graduate of the Culinary Institute of America and the University of Alabama. Yes, that's why we're talking about Tailgate. And she has the moniker 
tailgate buzz. So I guess she takes that pretty seriously. Yes. <laughs> uh, Lynn is um, on the, she serves on the board of the University of Alabama's College of HES, which is their School of Nutrition. Yes. And is an immediate past board member of the National Organization of Women's Chefs and Restaurateurs and a longtime member of, I'm going to get this wrong, Confrérie de la Chaine de Rotisseur. Yes. Okay. We'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> and an active member of the New York City chapter of Les Dames de Scoffier. Chef Ryan is well known throughout the, in, the restaurant industry. And she's an avid food traveler. If you just follow her Instagram feed, you'll know that. And has cultivated personal relationships with the most famous icons of the culinary world. Well, happy to have you here to this little piece of the culinary world. (laughs) Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Good. Well, as I said, full disclosure, you are an Alabama football fan, right? Yes, I am. Roll Tide. (laughs) And you go to all the games? or I don't go to all the games, but I get down for a couple, usually four to six a year. And who handles the tailgating when you go? Um, I tailgate with a group, and we're always, it's the same group always. It's friends, some friends for a long time, some are sorority sisters from college, and some are friends that have been made later. Yeah, <laughs> people who have been inducted into the world of tailgating, yes. right? <laughs> well, if, if you have never been to um, a college football game tailgating party or a national football game for that matter or um, any number of different activities it is really quite the thing right yes very fun growing and growing I can't I I just I can't imagine what is in your looking around at different schools and your notes and the different games you've been to and things do you do you have an indication as to which schools have the largest tailgating population of any well, the Southeast is definitely more into tailgating, yeah. but, you know, there's great tailgates in California, there's great tailgates in Wisconsin, and one of the best tailgates is right here in the Hudson Valley, um, West Point. And oh, yeah. You tailgate looking over the Hudson River, so that's really a beautiful tailgate, and anyone is welcome to go there and tailgate. Tailgate's all about, tailgating is all about sharing food, camaraderie, uh, enjoying a pregame. Right. Yeah, and you sort of become this little community uh, tailgaters that, yes. you know, you're all there for one purpose, and that's to have fun, share food, and some of you go on and see the game. I right. think I think that statistic is quite low, like only about 30% actually go to the game. Everyone else is just there for the fun and right. the food. Right. Yes, Homer Simpson has a, a famous quote about that. I I don't agree with it because I'm always there for the game, but uh, he has a, a funny quote about tailgating. And I'm just... Yeah, I saw oh, it. Here it. Yeah, is. you had that quote. Okay, he says, this was in a, 2000, a 2008 episode, we're not here for the game. The game is nothing. The game is crap. The game makes me sick. The real reason we Americans put up with sports is for this. Behold the tailgate party, the pinnacle of human achievement. Since the dawn of parking lots, man has sought to fulfill his gut with food and alcohol in anticipation of watching others exercise. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> They're all here for the food, right? Well, and the alcohol, alcohol, the there is indeed a, a large consumption of alcohol these days on the parking lots, um, more so, I think, than in the past, when they, because they, they, um, 
pass a law that they don't allow alcohol in the stadiums, in most stadiums, the college stadiums. Right. Most college stadiums do not have alcohol. Most, uh, I believe most NFL stadiums do allow alcohol, but there are becoming more and more sober parties, especially at colleges. There, right. You know, each college has um, a group of people who do not drink for whatever reason, and they provide parties and people are more and more children are coming to tailgates. So a lot of people are choosing not to drink because it's not about, you know, getting drunk and, and debauchery. It's more about enjoying yourself before you go into the game. Who right. wants to be drunk and right. spend all that money to go watch a game? And then the game takes so long to finish. You have to have some food. You need some sustenance, right? There you go. <laughs> and it's much better than eating those, eating those stadium dogs. That's right. That's right. Um do you, in your search um, and, and interest in tailgating, have you found anything that you feel is, is really legitimate history of tailgating? There's, uh, there's a lot of history of tailgating, but none of it is really clear. Um, it said that the first football game was in, we know that the first football game was in November of 1869 between Princeton and Rutgers, and it was played in Brunswick, New Jersey. Um, and it was recorded by local people there that it was both a fine game and a fine party. So this was 145 years ago. Huh. But really, Harvard and Yale take, uh, take precedence because theirs was a tailgate party. It was the first recorded tailgate party. It was written about, and it was happened in 1906 when Yale was having a winning season, and they took on Harvard, and the car was still relatively new. There, there weren't even parking lots at that time, so parking was scarce. There were only about 100,000 cars in America, and as you can imagine, people from Yale and Harvard, people who are fans of those schools, had a lot they were of the cars. upper class that, right. that would have them, right? And so they came to the game with their picnics, and they noticed people getting off the train who didn't have anything to eat, and they invited them over to share their meal. That's, so that's nice. they had their meal spread out in the back of their cars, and this was the first recorded tailgating. Uh-huh. I mean, there are some other. I mean, there are some weird stories that has nothing to do with sports, but something about um, a civil war. Yes. Yeah. That was, a lot of people say that was the first tailgating. In 1861, the first battle of Bull Run, people came in their Studebakers to, from Washington, D.C. Or sorry, not their Studebakers, no. their chuck wagons. Yeah, I was going to say their horse-drawn wagons, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, their horse-drawn <laughs> wagons from Washington, D.C. to Manassas, Virginia, and they brought lunch. And it was the first, it was the first recorded or written about cheering in America. They were saying, go Big Blue. Go Big Blue. And, and, it, wasn't, so, and it wasn't the University of Michigan. No, it wasn't the <laughs> University of Michigan. But even before that, in France, they would have uh, public executions during the 18th century, and people would bring baskets of food. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about the Americans. <laughs> yes. Yeah, tradition. We'll stick right. with the Americans. <laughs> I don't think we're executing anyone. No. Oh, wow. Um, but, but that's interesting because, well, we didn't really call it, or they didn't call it tailgating until, well, they had a chuck wagon, and then they could, you know, eat out of the back of the chuck wagon. That was an interesting thing in itself, the invention yes, of the chuck wagon. the origin of the chuck wagon was by a Texan, and he wanted to feed his ranchers so they didn't have to come in from the um, fields where they were with the cattle. 
and he converted an old army wagon into a chuck wagon. And that is still similar to what we use today. Yeah. It's, it, you know, it's changed. Now we have RVs and that type of thing, but it's right. still the same kind of idea. Right. And not only that, but look, it's also spawned the whole, you know, food truck Yes. Craze that is all over the country, you know. Exactly. People lining up for their lunches and snacks at food trucks all around. Yes. Um, but it's interesting that um, the the size of the vehicle started out really large, you know, the big horse-drawn mm-hmm. chuck wagon, and then started to diminish into regular sedans and family cars and then station wagons and SUVs and now you mentioned RVs. I mean, people right. are renting these huge vehicles so they can pack as much as they can in. Right? Yes, people are outfitting them with their team colors, and they have professional grills. Um, NASCAR is probably the biggest tailgaters, followed by football, but it spans everything from um, concerts to weddings to, right. you know, there, there are even people who perform concerts who, like Dave Matthews Band, who have their own tailgates before their concerts. Yeah, yeah. No, I've noticed that in parking lots in the past too of concerts, and it's fun. I mean, you know. But they. What do you do? You get there early so you can get a good spot and, and park, right? People yeah. usually get there two hours. Most colleges and most, uh, I think, all NFL do not allow you to set up until the day of the game, and it, you don't even have to have a car. You can bring your table, a tent. You can set it up, you know, wherever they allow you to set it up. Uh, there's also companies that will set up your tent for you. Oh. I know one of my favorite things to do when I go see an Alabama game, because I always stay right on campus, is to take a walk or jog early in the morning and watch the tents go up on the quad. And they're paid for in advance. People can have TVs, uh, sofas, bars. They can get food delivered. I mean, it's become so easy that it's not even necessary for you to bring the food with you. And you don't even have to have a car, right? Exactly. <laughs> and, well, well, the important thing of that is then you don't need the expensive, for many schools, larger schools that get crowded, that expensive tag that allows you into a parking lot. That's true. That, you have, you know, if you have a car and bring a car and that's, you know, those are coveted spots. Well, it's also easy because they clean up for you. Oh, nice. You rent garbage cans. So. Nice way to have a party. Just it's show exactly. up and have them all deliver it to you. Uh, the There is one game in particular that um, I, is sort of like a big draw for tailgating, mm-hmm. and that is the Southern Heritage Classic. Do you, you know anything about that? Well, it's it, traditionally between... Um, Two primarily black colleges uh, that whoever's playing the Tigers, two different teams with Tigers, the names, mm-hmm. and that is sort of like a big highlight when they compete against one another. It's the big highlight of the season for tailgating. Well, the the Florida Gators and Georgia Bulldogs have the biggest tailgate. It's um, it's actually called the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. I I read that, and right. it happens. <laughs> Uh, this year it's going to happen in November, early November, and it's they start on Wednesday and party till Sunday. Oh my goodness! They allow them to stay yes. in the at the stadium. In the yes, they lot? allow them to stay around the stadium, and uh, a lot of people like to tailgate after the football game because they don't want to get in all the traffic. So mm-hmm. they come back and 
they have another meal at the tailgate. Someone mines the tailgate while, you know, people go into the game, right. and then they come back and eat. Well, there's always somebody who mines the tailgate with their big screen television and generator. Right. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they have, they can sit and watch the Our game. Or radio. Or oh well, yeah. I, I haven't seen just too many radios. Mostly they're they're now in this day and age they're TVs. But I'm sure way back when it was they would sit and uh, listen to the radio. Right. That's how I got into tailgating. Um, my parents tailgated. And one of our neighbors had a big RV back when not so many people had RVs. And they would go to games, and uh, I would stay with my grandmother. And the only time my grandmother ever cooked hamburgers was on Saturday, and we would listen to ball games on the radio. Huh. And so I, you know, I covet that time. It was a very special time with my grandmother and great-grandmother that I yeah. always remember. And then later I got to go to the games, and we had specific tasks um, even in high school, we, we, as an organization, say like the soccer players or the basketball players or the cheerleaders, we would go and we would run a concession stand at the college football games. Wow. So that's, now this was outside in the parking lot or inside the, inside, in, inside, the, inside. Yeah, where the concessions are. Yeah. Huh. Um, in, do you, um, have any idea, um, as to, what, uh, let me see, looking at my notes, percentages of, um, now, well, you talked, we talked about that, but I think there was somebody said something like 23 million Americans, and that was an old statistic, 23 million Americans tailgate over the, you know, during a, a, a sports season. Oh, it's a huge industry. I mean, what started out as you know, just people bringing food to the game has turned into, a, it's a $20 billion we're spent on food and supplies, according to the Tailgating Industry Association. Well, I know that you can get, you can go online and order your team's paraphernalia, or um, you go into certain, there's, you know, uh, I must say, you know, like a... Bookstore. Kitchen supply store, well, kitchen supply store. And there are products specific to tailgating. Yes, even grocery stores sell... Most grocery stores sell products specific to tailgating. Huh. No, I've, I've seen, and as far as the food items, I've seen the big cakes in the shape of footballs or, you know, a giant chocolate chip cookie. And the My <laughs> local little grocery store in Hyde Park sells, you know, they have football paraphernalia. They have, like, the paper napkins with football theme. They have uh, plastic containers for you to take your food to the game in. So I think it's all over. Oh, I guess. Uh, it's... Um, when I was thinking of the 23 million people who tailgate, um, well, I'll th I'll, it'll come back to me. I'll think of it because there was something that, in relation to that, that that uh, struck a note with me. We, you talked about sharing and people uh, back when the early days when tailgating first started, um, that they noticed people getting off the train without, that didn't have any food, and they, so they offered them food and shared. And that's, I think, something so wonderful and unique to t the whole tailgate culture, the tailgate party culture, is that obviously you, you stand in one spot for a long time, but you want to walk around after a while and see what is everybody else eating oh, and what yeah. are they doing, right? And what, yeah, how you, are they decorated? You could often trade, you trade a beer for a burger with someone or maybe someone's making gumbo and you want to taste it, so you have them taste your potato salad or... It's, it's a real camaraderie exchange. People are usually nice. Last year, I was at the Alabama-LSU um, tailgate and game, 
in Baton Rouge, and I was with um, Dickie Brennan and one of my sorority sisters, Jamie Estes. We went to the game with him. And so he was taking us around to some of the most popular tailgates so I could take pictures and taste things. And I ate these... I ate some gumbo that was just delicious. It smelled so good, and I was just drawn to it. It was over in the corner of this tailgate. And so the people looked at me. They didn't say anything. And so Dickie comes up behind me and says, you know, that's not the tailgate we're at. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I was so embarrassed, I went over and apologized to the people and said, I'm sorry that I ate your gumbo without asking you. But they didn't say they didn't say a word when I was taking it. And yeah. It was really delicious. So I gave them some, I have some aprons that say tailgate buzz. So I gave them some gifts. And, uh, well, you know, it's, it's interesting. Some, someone I had been talking to about tailgating, we were sharing stories. And he said, always, if you're going to take a walk around the parking lot and look at other tailgates, always bring with you something that that you have that you can share, like a, what do you talk about, a bag of spiced nuts or something. Right. Um, oh, Dave Joachim, he he did a, a couple books on, on that. And he said, bring something that you can share so that you can taste their food, but you have something to give them in return. I always have something <laughs> to give them when I walk around. But I usually ask before I just start helping myself. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, you're never going to go hungry at a tailgate. And that's people are, all, are always so generous usually. And that's and that's such that's the nice spirit, that whole sharing spirit and you may not be rooting for the same team but you know but the spirit is that you share I think another fun thing to do is when you go to a game or when you're playing an opponent opponent and it's at your home is to cook their food so when we play um, say New Orleans when we play LSU I will always cook Cajun food oh. at the Alabama Stadium so it's nice to, or when and you play Florida. And then people eat it up. Is that, does that, right. <laughs> is then there you, a metaphor um, for that? <laughs> I went to a New York Giants game and they were cooking alligator. Oh. Because uh, they were playing Miami. Miami yeah. So. <laughs> well, that's, that's an interesting one. Well, you, and you mentioned tail, you have aprons with tailgate buzz on it. And we're going to talk about tailgate buzz and we're going to talk about specific recipes that appear in tailgates popular and some that have had a long life as well when we come back so we're gonna take a short break stay with us this episode is brought to you by the university of california press publishers of the encyclopedia of pasta by oretta zanini devita This beautiful volume is the first book to provide a complete history of pasta in Italy, telling its long story via the extravagant variety of shapes it takes and the even greater abundance of names by which it is known. Food scholar Oretta Zanini De Vita traveled to every corner of her native Italy, recording oral histories, delving into long-forgotten family cookbooks, and searching obscure archives to produce this rich and uniquely personal compendium of historical and geographical information. For each entry, she includes the primary ingredients, preparation techniques, variant names, and the locality where it is made and eaten. Along the way, Zanini De Vita debunks such culinary myths as Marco Polo's supposed role in Pasta's story, even as she serves up a feast of new information. Encyclopedia of Pasta, illustrated throughout with original drawings by Luciana Marini, will be the standard reference on one of the world's favorite foods for many years to come engaging and delighting both general readers and food professionals. 
Pick up Encyclopedia of Pasta by Oretta Zanina DeVita, available now wherever books are sold. Join Heritage Radio Network on Monday, November 11th for a raucous feast to toast a decade of food radio. Our 10th anniversary Bacchanal is a rare gathering of your favorite chefs, mixologists, storytellers, thought leaders, and culinary masterminds. We'll salute the inductees of the newly minted HRN Hall of Fame, who embody our mission to further equity, sustainability, and deliciousness. Join us to explore the beautiful Palm House and Yellow Magnolia Cafe at the Brooklyn Botanic Garden, where you'll taste and imbibe to your heart's content, and bid on once-in-a-lifetime experiences and tasty gifts for any budget at our silent auction. Join the party. Tickets are available now at heritageradionetwork.org gala. Hi, we're back, and I'm speaking with Lynn Ryan, who is actually working on a book about tailgating. We'll look forward to that one. You've been working on that, and I look forward to that. Thank we're you. talking about ta- everything tailgating. Um, and Lynn, we, we're going to talk about some recipes, but I know you've walked around, you've been to so many different tailgates and your research, and just for fun. Yeah. What's one of the most elaborate spreads you've ever seen? Uh, probably Ole Miss is most famous for tailgating. Uh, they're not the greatest football team all the time, although sometimes they win national championships. They have a saying there, uh, we may not win every game, but we've never lost a party. <laughs> so that's, uh, yeah, so and you- they call themselves the Grovers. And they have really elaborate tailgating tents. Their tents, uh, there's one tent I went to and it had all these different colored uh, pieces of fabric tied to it so it stood out. But uh, they put chandeliers. Most most Grovers have chandeliers in their tent. And then there's people that are just, you know, making very unique stuff. Um, my, my friend and I drove across country. We were taking our daughters, my daughter's um, car to school to her in California because I had had a tooth pulled or something and couldn't go when it was time to go back to school. So we drove her car. We went to all these tailgates, and one of the tailgates we went to was Ole Miss, and uh, this guy was cooking dove breast, stuffed dove, as in the bird, breast filled with cheese and uh, jalapeno peppers and rolled up and grilled. So my friend was taping it as I was interviewing him, and she had to ask him four times what he was making because she could not understand. <laughs> that it was his, dove. Dove. His, he, she's like, what is dub? D-U-B. And I'm like, no, it's D-O-V-E. Like so, pigeon. <laughs> yes. So there's a, there's a lot of uh, unique things. But Ole Miss always has a beautiful tailgate. They put a lot of thought into it. They bring out the silver, the chandeliers, the elaborate food. But that's not common across no. the U.S., Another uh, great tailgate I went to was Green Bay Packers. A friend, uh, a young chef who had worked in the Hudson Valley and then moved to Wisconsin, I contacted him and said, hey, I'm coming to Green Bay. And he said, oh, do you want to go to a tailgate? And I was really impressed with the way Green Bay's stadium is set in a neighborhood. Like the houses are right up against the stadium and you pay to go to people's houses. 
So they have open house parties. They have open house parties with, like, really good bands. They bring bands in, and you just pay a fee, or or you can cook and bring something to, you know, uh, add to the tailgate party. But people open up their garages and have tents and... It's just like a minute to the stadium, and you go to these tailgate parties there, and they had really a lot of brats, a lot of roasted meat, but uh, and cheese curds, of course. Mm-hmm. But it was a lot of fun, and I thought that was one of the most fun NFL tailgates I had ever been to. Then, then you have the NFL tailgates, like um, Michael Mina has a, a restaurant called Tailgate, and it it's at the uh, 49er Stadium. And they people pay five hundred dollars to come to a tailgate wow. at each game, but they're very elaborate. It's all you can drink and eat, and people usually come back after the game and they get to meet all the players or the players who want to show up. Well, I guess that's worth the price of the ticket if you're a diehard fan. Right? Uh, Michael also invites chefs from the opposing team. Um, the week I was there, they were playing L.A. and. Susanna Goen was one of the chefs there cooking. So it was nice to see what they're doing right, as well. Right. That's interesting. Get another, another faction of the uh, of of the whole society cooking of food involved and that's chefs from different right. from different well-known restaurants coming in and cooking. Another fun tailgate is University of Tennessee. They do what's called cell gating. So they have boat docks near Neyland Stadium and you pull your boats up and everyone sail gates so you go from boat to boat to party oh fun they also do that at the university of washington huh well that's a little colder i was thinking night you know the, those in the southern states <clears throat> they can outlast the the weather and have you know really mm-hmm. gorgeous weather longer you know we get sometimes we'll get snow in the northeast for you know by the by the third fourth you know, third week of of october or first week of november you know it gets a little little rougher not this year. No, no. It's, we've had a wonderful Indian summer, for sure. Um, I liked when you mentioned um, in, when you were in Wisconsin, you, there was, you noticed that primarily they had a lot of bratwurst and they had cheese curds, <clears throat> regional specialties. Do you notice this a lot And when you... Oh, yeah. That's, that's my favorite thing about going to tailgates and other places is seeing what they do. There's a... You know, there's a whole list, like Ohio State is famous for its Buckeyes, which are the, oh, yeah. they're delicious, the little um, peanut Who butter. Who has to wait for tailgating season right, for right, that? Right, right, right. They're, they're even popular. My mom makes them every Christmas. So, and LSU, Death Valley, they've got, they have the best food, I would say. Gumbo, jambalaya, shrimp, it's just great. You got the University of Ohio, sorry, University of Iowa with barbecue turkey legs, University of Washington has grilled salmon. They do. Oh, they nice. do really great yeah. tailgating at University of Washington. Huh. Um, Arizona State, pork chimichangas. University of Hawaii, poke. I just got someone just gave me a book about University of Hawaii tailgating. Huh. So, interesting. <clears throat> yeah, that was nice. Penn State. You've got the stickies, which are like cinnamon rolls. They're very good. USC tacos. 
Clemson pulled pork sandwiches with the Carolina sauce, which is a vinegar-based sauce, right. vinegar tomato sauce. Oh, then you can have a whole barbecue rival between, you know, the, the sauce, the dry rub, and the wet rub. <laughs> right. And then, of course, I would be remiss if I didn't mention University of Alabama. Yeah. They have the uh, white sauce, which is a mayonnaise-based sauce that they like to do over chicken, and it's a mayonnaise vinegar horseradish sauce. And, of course, your alma mater, Notre Dame, is known for breaded pork tenderloin sandwiches. Uh-huh. Well, not mine. It was my husband's. Yeah. Oh, your husband's. Uh, okay. There were no women allowed in my day and age. <laughs> um, it, that, and that is, that's a specialty of, of the area of Indiana, actually. Yes. Yeah. And that's what they replaced in the concession, trying to bring more people to buy food inside. They changed the concession a little bit. Rather than just hot dogs and, and right. taco chips, they now sell the, the pork loin sandwiches. That's and great. great a lot sauce. of stadiums like, you know, Yankee Stadium, the Mets, they all have great food. Um, so stadiums are coming around to sell really nice food and getting the gourmet food in there. Yeah. Well, speaking about gourmet food, I mean, there's the nice thing about tailgating there's within some people if they've been in the same spot for year after year after year maybe there's a little competition mm-hmm. you know between what you're fixing this year and what someone else is fixing but by and large it's sort of a of a level playing field anything goes it doesn't have to be the fanciest food it doesn't have to be elaborately um dished and prepared but it's just as I think the abundance and you know and just showing up is good. However, however, <laughs> there is a little bit of a competitive nature, and as I say, for those who have been in the same spot for a long time and they want to make it better and better every year, there are some foods that have been around probably since the beginning of of the picnics of the of the tailgating. Can you think of some of these older style dishes that would be? I think in the earlier days, it was a lot of sandwiches because people brought picnic baskets. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fried chicken has always been a staple. Uh, That was was reported as being at the Harvard-Yale game that I talked about where tailgating started. So those are our two staples. Um, Chili has been around for a long time. And the chili is a great thing to have at a tailgate when it's cold weather to have different varieties of chili. There's vegetarian chili, there's chicken chili, there's the San Antonio Chili Queens chili, which is the chopped meat rather than the hamburger meat. There's, um, you know, some great chili recipes out there, and it's fun to compete with people in your own tent. Right. Well, and it's it's interesting because... um, things have evolved since oh, even 30 years ago it was always a little bit of a um a struggle to you know bring that insulated uh, an insulated pot that would keep the chili warm enough well now with the advent of crock pots and and uh you know portable generators or or outlets in suvs it's much more doable people can bring hot dishes right without it's- having a grill According to the Tailgating Association, most food is cooked at the game or finished at the game. But many foods, of course, desserts are made before the game. Um, Many foods are prepared and brought cold and then grilled at the game. So we, we see a lot of variety in the different kinds of food. You know, people have allergies. There are accommodations for that. And there's some people that can't cook. In my book, I'm going to have a chapter called Bless Their Hearts, They Can't Cook. 
because <laughs> you can always buy a bag of chips. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can. It's things you can make, you know, and bring to a game, but they don't necessarily have to be cooked. Yeah. Like putting together, you know, a large sandwich. Um, how to, you know, put some things together that marinate, but you don't have to turn on the stove to do any of or grill to do any of right. the dishes in right. this chapter. Well, sandwiches are still. I mean, they're they're still very popular and prevalent and. Something that maybe might have gone out of fashion that you've seen, and I'm thinking of one right away, but but may have come back now in in the in the new wave of popularity of of the tailgating. I would say deviled eggs. Deviled eggs. Yes, yes I was thinking of that too. Deviled eggs were have always been very popular in the South, and you know maybe across the United States, but they've really come back in a big way. Why that became you know such popular picnic food? I guess because you can. You can pick it up and eat it with your hands. Right. The important thing about tailgating food is that you can eat it with one hand. Yeah. Now, of course, you can't eat chili with one hand. You've got to hold the bowl and then hold your spoon. But really good tailgates have things that you can hold a beer in one hand (laughs) or a drink in one hand and your food in the other. There you go. (laughs) That's, yes, definitely And things that you don't, you don't want to make anything for a tailgate that you have to cut up. You yeah. should never need a knife at a tailgate, so or uh, you know the people eating right. should not need a knife. Sort of like a pre-cut buffet kind of thing. Just think of going to some place where you can, like a buffet table in there. Right, it should be easy, and even if it's fancy, it can still be easy. Have you noticed any um, any really major changes over the years in in uh, whether it's the how things are outfitted or how they're set up or 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 the foods? I've noticed how things are outfitted is, you know, people have bigger and bigger tents. Bringing televisions into your tent is relatively, you know, that didn't happen when I was a child, and that's relatively new. So, yeah, there there's a lot more equipment for tailgating. It's been made easier. Uh, you know, all of a sudden, coolers grew wheels, yeah, so right. that's like it. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah, that's a huge. You even have electric coolers that you can ride to your tailgate. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> Pull the kids along, yeah, wagons. Yeah. Um, so those are some things. And as far as food goes, I think that people are willing to try making new foods, and we have better practices of keeping things cold. You know, the invention of the thermos was a huge thing for tailgating because you can keep your soup hot in that or you can bring your drinks cold. Um, I always say one of the most important things about tailgating, one of the most important people that is on your team of tailgating is the person that brings the ice. Ah, yes. Because you need (laughs) ice and no one wants to bring it. So those are your people that can't cook. There you go. That's a job for you. (laughs) Exactly. Please bring ice. right. Um, as a trained chef, and you're tasked with making, you know, a very special tailgate, what kind of, how do you deal with that? What pressures do you put on yourself, or what do you look to do? Or is it more the spirit of the party, or are there times when you're out to impress? It's more the spirit of the party. I mean, at, you know, I am certainly able to cook fancy food and food that takes a long time. I'm never daunted by a recipe that's very long or making, I love to braise meats, which takes a long time. I like to make complicated desserts at home. 
but those aren't the kind of things that you necessarily take to a tailgate. It should be easy, it should be fun, and there's nothing worse than the host or hostess of a tailgate being busy the whole time. Yeah. You know, you people don't remember how good the food was as much as they remember the time they had there. That's they right, want the to have a good time. Yeah. And you need some people, if you have to cook, if you're the one standing over the grill, then you need to make sure your partner there is the entertainer and will you know get the games going games have become an important part of tailgating that's true they're set up the these the the um, beanbag cornhole games games, all types of games things for kids to do at tailgates you know you need someone that'll kind of wrangle the kids and get them interested in what's going on Hmm, interesting yeah um but that's those are good rules to remember, even when you're just having a dinner, a regular dinner party. Exactly. Not you know, don't be in the kitchen the whole time. I'm often guilty of that. You oh, know, so I'm, I'm so just, guilty yeah. of that one. Yeah, but I like the idea of braised meats, even for a tailgate, because you can do that all at home first, and then just bring it and you know pull it apart. And you can, eat it. but <laughs> I think a lot of people who tailgate are not looking for hard recipes. That was a yeah. that's a struggle for me because a lot of things that I don't think are hard are hard. So you wouldn't include something like that in your book, that you're looking well, at more um, easier, for instance, approachable? I, yes, more approachable. For instance, I have a buffalo chicken chili, which buffalo things have just exploded. Right, Anything right. with buffalo is really good at a tailgate, from cauliflower to chicken wings to all types of things with buffalo sauce on them. So I have a, a buffalo chicken chili, And I tell you, in the book, I tell you how to roast the chicken, knowing that most people will just buy a rotisserie chicken from their local grocery store. And that is completely fine. So you have the option of doing that. But tailgate recipes should be easy to put together fairly quick because, you know, it's a limited time party. That's right. That's right. Um, Let me ask you if you can think of and I'm sure you can think of too many, it's going to be hard to choose just one, but what is your favorite thing to prepare for a tailgate party? Now, when you go out to the Alabama games, you have you have someone you stay with that you can cook right. to bring things there. Right? I do. Okay. I have, my so, good friend is um, a fraternity house mother, oh. and uh, so I get to use her kitchen to cook in. Nice. So what's one of your favorite favorite things that you like to cook? Ah, uh, that's a tough one. Uh, something that can be made in one dish is usually something that's a, a good jambalaya. is one of my oh. favorite things to make for a tailgate because it's filling, it's got different meat in it. Uh, people can pick and choose, you know, what they want out of it. Um, paella is also good. Now, that's Ooh. a little more difficult. Yeah, nice idea, though. Um, yeah. Oh. I don't know if I'm going to put paella in the cookbook because I think it it encompasses a lot more. I also try to keep the recipes in the cookbook uh, affordable and I try to make every recipe for 10 people. Because That's just what I was going to ask you. What what size group do you plan on when, you, when you're cooking a... a well, the tailgates know. we have usually encompass 20 to 30 people, but... I think 10 is a good number because it's easily multiplied or dividable. And so I try to make every recipe. But, of course, you know, that's impossible sometimes when you're making a pan of brownies. I, I have a recipe 
for a really good uh, brownie in the book. And, you know, it's hard to make 10 brownies. So, of course, I say people will have two. Maybe it makes 20 <laughs> brownies. But, yes, most of the rest Usually not a problem with right. desserts. Right? Not a problem with desserts. <laughs> yeah. And I, I've noticed, too, that, um, well, like any potluck or buffet, you, you know, you do for an average number. And there are going to be so many other dishes brought if you have if you have right. other people helping you and bringing dishes that you don't eat a lot of each one thing. It's a tasting. You know? Yes, and it's important to be organized and to set up your tailgate a week in advance. Every week before the tailgate, we say, "Okay, you're going to bring the drinks. You're going to bring the ice. You're going to bring this dish. You're going to bring that dish." And there's you know, there's a, a kit that I take to every game with me that has the salt, pepper, the spatulas, plastic gloves, water bottles. You are organized. That type of yeah. thing. Well, you need that. One time I catered a party at someone's house, and I brought everything I needed except salt. They did not have any salt, or if they did, I could not you find, it. find it. Wow. So learned my <laughs> lesson a long time ago. I guess, I guess. Well, I had read some article when I was um, thinking about, you know, talking to you about tailgating, and uh, someone said, well, yeah, in the past maybe we would just sort of get some good food. The fried chicken, as you said, was always a standby, just like taking a picnic to the beach or something. And, and she said, now we live game to game. We, as soon as we finish one tailgate, we're planning for the next one. And this has become quite an industry, Uh, quite an activity. Yes. It's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. And 23 million people can't be wrong. They're doing something that's fun and doing something right. Well, then it's, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on tailgating with me. I look forward to, and I will let everyone know when 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 this when someday when this book gets finished and you get those <laughs> recipes out there and I'll be behind there cheering you on to you know to get it done. Okay. I think it's an exciting. There are so many tailgate books, but they're primarily you find they're um, the schools, right, know, or the or the professional teams' own sort of little pamphlets or books on tailgating. And I think a general you know rule of picnicking, tailgating, and giving a lot of those tips that you just mentioned are. A lot of people out there, I'm sure, would appreciate it. Yes, and yeah. I'm tending to go towards my chapters being tailgate parties, uh-huh. a complete party, so you can know what to bring for to have a themed party. No, I think that's great. Well, I look forward to it. And thanks again for joining me. That thank was you. been a, a fun talk. And thank you for listening. This again has been a taste of the past. <laughs> A Taste of the Past is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the heart 
at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.